0: On the Record, with White House correspondent April Ryan.
1: It's On the Record with April Ryan. I'm being joined by a friend, a humanitarian, a philanthropist, an actor and producer. His name is Wendell Pierce. Hello, Wendell Pierce.
0: How are you doing, April?
1: I'm fine. Now, I'm talking to you while you're aware in Italy.
0: Yes, I am at the Venice Film Festival. with a film I produced and star in called Burning Cane.
1: Wow. So, tell me, well, first of all, tell us about Burning Cane, and then we're going to get into your other projects across the pond. So, talk to us about Burning Cane.
0: Well, Burning Cane is a film that I did with uh, a student from New Orleans, from the New Orleans Center for Creative Arts.
1: And you're a native of New Orleans?
0: uh, And
1: you're a native of New Orleans,
0: okay. I'm a native of New Orleans, and he he was 17 years old doing his student thesis film, and asked me to be a part of it. I thought I would help another uh, artist, young artist out and do his film. And when I got home, I realized it was a feature. I I thought it was a short film. And we, we did a major feature in just a few days. And he went to NYU uh, for uh, college. The next thing I know, he submitted it to Tribeca Film Festival and it was accepted. And so in the spring uh it won the best film at tribeca film festival and i won best actor his name is philip yeomans and he's now 19 years old and uh, one of the first the youngest filmmakers to win tribeca and the first uh, african-american to win the festival so, and the film has been picked up and it is now um here in and venice and uh it has just been announced that uh, that it looks like uh, Ava DuVernay's company may be distributing it. It's a really amazing story of a young man who wrote a wonderful script and came together and asked me to be a part of it. I was happy to be a part of it. So,
1: Wendell, once this is, once this this film is picked up by Ava DuVernay or or anyone, when should we be able to expect to see this?
0: It's probably going to be this fall because. Uh, it looks like uh, it's in the window somewhere between October and december it'll be uh,
1: it'll be released so now um also well, congratulations on this project and all its success all of its successes uh, but you also have another project that you're working on across the pond. I was wondering where you've been. I know you were in uh, you were working in uh, what is yeah, it yeah. Bogota, Colombia yeah,
0: I was in Bogota, Colombia. Uh, last year, for about three months, and then a couple of weeks in Moscow. And uh, and we did some work in London. And that was for Jack Bryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be coming out in the fall also on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But after that finished, I was asked to do a production that ended up being historic because it's the first time I had an African American family as the Loman family. I was asked to do Lily Loman the American classic, Death of a Salesman.
1: And that's playing uh, in London uh, right now, right?
0: <laughs> and, yes, we started at the Young Vic in March, and uh, to um, great success, great reviews, and sold out houses. Wow. One of the hardest tickets get in London uh, this year, and so uh, we are moving to the West End, to the Piccadilly Theater, and we start next month, uh, October 24th. So I'm really being blessed right now um, uh, to be on... Uh, the West End doing this play—it's a historic production because they've never had a major commercial uh, production of *Death of a Salesman* with an African American uh, in the league. And uh, so I'm honored to be that uh, the first one.
1: Now you're in London with this, so could this come over, come across the pond with you uh, in this role as well?
0: Yeah, you know we hope to. Uh, uh, there's some discussions with some producers who have the rights in New York. Uh, they've seen the play, and hopefully uh, we can convince them to bring it over uh, to New York. Um, and uh, But in the meantime, in between time, these next uh, three or four months are going to be in London, and I continue doing the play at Piccadilly Theater until uh, January uh, 4th, with the possibility of extending and, um, so the sold out, uh, performances really led to uh, it going to a larger house. So we're really happy about that. Hmm. And hopefully we can work things out where I can bring it to, uh, bring it to New York. And not only New York, I, I would love to do the Kennedy Center. I would love to do Chicago. Hmm. love to do Los Angeles at, you know, the, the Marte perform. So, uh, I'm just putting it out there in the world and hopefully, you know, uh, the blessings will flow.
1: Well, you're to your credits I mean this is just yet another major success uh, to your credits I mean you you know you're known for the wire that was taped in Baltimore and um, now President Trump is highlighting Baltimore um, he may not have watched the wire but he's talking about Baltimore now um, and you were in treme and now sure. death of a salesman uh, the first time um, black families played um, in this major uh, production of uh, the way it's being played, um, but talk to me. So, so you are—you have basically been living in London uh, for about the last year. Then,
0: yeah, I've been in London. It's been interesting to be uh, over the past three years, uh, oh. which just happened to, uh, to coincide with uh, Trump's America. Um, I have been out of the country for about seven to eight months of each year mm-hmm. first it was morocco and montreal uh, and then last year as you said Colombia, moscow and now london all year mm-hmm. um and uh giving me a really interesting perspective as an american expatriate uh, and it's, uh it, it, it's been eye-opening to see how fragile our institutions uh are and can be when uh Certain uh, elements and people align and come together. Uh, really, American values uh, are at stake, um, and principles are at stake. Uh, and so many people die for those principles, you know, on foreign shores and in domestic shores. You know, I equate the men of who died on the beaches of Normandy with the men and women who died in the mud of Mississippi mm. in the Civil Rights Movement. They all died for what we believe are uh, our American values. And uh, right now, those values are um, in jeopardy.
1: And
0: I've been out of the country uh, most of this time. So as a, a unique um, perspective it shows, a, it shows me the duality of the influence of America, um, uh, how influential and powerful um, America is. And uh, it has such a huge, huge impact on the rest of the world. When something happens in America, it impacts everyone, uh, whether it's from the bully pulpit to uh, military action and everything in between. America has a strong impactful voice and presence in the world. It truly is a superpower. And with that power comes a great responsibility. So uh, when it, it when it shirks their responsibility or it jeopardizes Uh, uh, something that should be uh, altruistic that makes it uh, the opposite of that. Uh, Man, our values are questioned immediately. You know, people, people take it personally. People ask me as an American expatriate, what is going on? You say you believe in one thing, the hypocrisy of what you're doing is something else. Um, And that's crazy. And I was wondering about that. And I just, and it's, it's a cliche, but it's really because we are a nation of immigrants. You know, uh, working in Canada, I was wondering why we, we share the same continent. Why? You know, uh, the, the difference. There's only 35 million people in Canada. There's only 65 million people in in England. You know, and uh, we are, you know, 350 million plus. Uh, we have a major impact. So it's. Uh, a unique perspective at the same time while i'm doing that sales rich play in 1949 that challenged our ideas of what american capitalism are and how those ideas can impact an individual who becomes disillusioned with capitalism becomes disillusioned with what perception of the american dream is and how that dream can uh really eat away at him and erode. They're trying to do a nightmare. So, So, um, as an artist, it's been interesting times.
1: So, as a thespian in the theater in England, um, and you were just talking about that, you say people ask you questions, but what are they saying? Because I know when I travel abroad, uh, people have a lot of things to say, and they can pick Americans out, be it no matter what race you are. they can pick an American out and they just want to start a discussion with you about the current state of politics. What are you hearing because you're you 're in the theater you 're a thespian in London, and you have uh the 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 British elite, I guess you would say an
0: American play in a classic American play um, what I hear all the time is uh while people can have differences of opinion that has always been the case in America the differing viewpoints Uh, the differences weren't allowed to uh, become self-destructive and that's where we are now it's it's not I believe my principles over you It's it's the belief that I have to destroy you and, um, so it's a perpetuation of the idea that's the only way that you can deal, uh, with it. And I, I, personally believe that, you know, there's been an infiltration of our government, you know, uh, by those who don't have American, uh, Americans' best interests at heart. And, um, and we have, uh, we have an administration, uh, that is, uh, asking us to believe that it's not willful. And if it's not willful, it is objectively incompetent. Uh, because what was palpable—not what happened in the theater and the discussions I have in London—but to be in Moscow and see and uh, um, the, the the general public smirk when they see an American and they're, and hear. Praise of Trump because they know how self-destructive he is being to a country they see as an adversary. Uh, To walk through the Moscow airport and see Trump dolls and Trump paraphernalia and make America great again uh, uh, slogans all over the place is is testimony to the fact that this country is mocking uh, our self-destruction as we speak.
1: So again, we're talking to Wendell Pierce, the great actor. His credits include The Wire, Treme. Um Also, is not Mean Bosses the movie?
0: A theme song?
1: No, 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 the, no. The movie. Also, one of to your credit, what is it? Mean Bosses, uh, Bad Bosses, or something? What was uh, that horrible movie? Bo- horrible horrible bosses. bosses. I remember that. Horrible Bosses.
0: The horrible Bosses. Selma.
1: Yeah, I was getting ready to say that. Malcolm X. You were the guy who said, "Get oh, your hand out of my pocket." Um, I keep forgetting That's that, right. and I see the movie. It's
0: going to be particular. It's going to be particular. It's been a it's been a stellar year because it started off at uh, Sundance, mm-hmm. um, where I did a film with Alfred Woodard, who I predict will be nominated this year for this film, and it's a mm-hmm. film called Clemency mm-hmm. about a female warden um, who is oversees executions and how it kind of erodes her her inner voice and her value system, and her true north. And mm-hmm. I play her husband. It's mm-hmm. called Clemency of One Sundance, and it'll be distributed this fall. Then Burning Cane, one Tribeca, and now it's here in Venice, and it'll be distributed this fall. Jack Ryan is the show that's keeping me on the road around the world, where I play a CIA officer with John Kaczynski as Jack Ryan. I'm James Greer. And um, that comes out this fall while I will be doing a historic production of Death of a Salesman on uh, the West End in London all fall long into the winter. So it's been a very, very uh, stellar year and uh, uh, easily the height of my career so far.
1: Well, my friend, I can't let you go without talking about this time of year. We're sitting in the Labor Day weekend, um, and you know the anniversary is here. Katrina, Mm -hmm. you tried to rebuild. uh, You tried to work it out um, for your community. What are your thoughts? Um, How many years is it since Katrina? It has been 15 years now. 15? It will be
0: 14 years. It will be 15 years next year,
1: Mm.
0: and um, the city has changed. Uh, A lot of people were displaced permanently. Uh, We lost in the African American community about 100,000 people. The city has shrunk. And while there's tensions when new people move in who have a different... uh, uh, who, who just haven't been established in New Orleans, I always say, if you could be a New Orleanian, you can have the right to call yourself a New Olenian, whether you've been there for five minutes or 50 years. But we also have to uplift the culture and realize that culture is the yeah. intersection of how people deal with life. And we, over the course of the past couple of centuries, have created a culture of how we deal with life that should not be shirked, that shouldn't be forgotten. And it's from all of those people that we displaced. And we saw the beginnings in, in Katrina of the ugliness of white supremacy, that lifting up the veil of the barbarians at the gate. When black citizens would tried to escape New Orleans and they walked over the bridge, you know, to Gretna, sheriff deputies shot over their head and said, go back. because people were looking for a refuge. That's the same police department that said, you know, there's a bullet waiting for uh congresswoman uh, uh aoc you know and uh two of the patrol that had to be fired because of that uh, it was in it was in new Orleans that henry glover was uh, was murdered by police his body was burned in hope that no one would ever find him and uh those police officers were ultimately discovered and you think of uh this was someone who was unarmed and was shot by a police officer officer with a long gun his own personal assault rifle that he brought to new orleans you know in the middle of chaos and so instead of serving and protecting he actually took the person's life citizen's life that he thought wasn't worthy of living just because he was looting in his eyes and uh, when he was brought to the police station. Uh, His brother and a friend were actually removed from the car, and he was taken away, and his body was burned. So that was the beginning of this same sort of police miss a malpractice um, that we see that spawned the Black Lives Matter movement. So we saw in Katrina what I believe is a continuum of ugliness that has stemmed from the American Uh, original sin of slavery that there is that which is a part of our culture we we have to be vigilant against at all times the barbarians are at the gates, and if we as we speak right now seven more people killed in Texas the proliferation of guns you know I feel safer here in Europe than I ever felt America, exactly.
1: They don't have the issue exactly with guns exactly. like we do. They they don't they don't carry. A lot of their police yeah. officers don't carry guns.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, and it's so difficult to get it. You know, and if we feel as though vehicles are so dangerous that it requires study, a license, background checks, all of that to drive a car, which isn't a right, it's a privilege. We should at least hold that same standard for a firearm which is your right. but It just doesn't mean you can't have the, you know, you can do, uh, uh, use it without regard to how it impacts other citizens, you know? So uh, why someone be against background checks if only you have whipped up a frenzy in the people that are buying guns to buy more? And that's basically what that gun lobby does, which is we are here to scare you into buying more and more guns.
1: So here's the next So here's the next piece going back to New Orleans. Um, I was <clears throat> in New Orleans twice this summer and I went to the ninth Ward and looking you can see right at the levee where some of the houses were people didn't come back to build you could see the plots they decided not to rebuild and they left them vacant. You could see where the houses used to be and now you see weeds that have turned into trees um, you're right. Right. There's a lot of people who have not come back, and they've lost population. But I believe New Orleans is a city of rebirth, of renaissance. Um, it's a big tourism area Absolutely. that they will not allow to to, to die. Wendell Pierce, I think... And we think, also have
0: one of the greatest ports in the world. the world. Yes, do. It wasn't for the port of New Orleans. America would have never grown. America would have never thrived. Being at the mouth of Mississippi, we... Uh, do even more business than your port city of Baltimore, you know, and it's uh, and it just and all of that is going into the Midwest and uh, and West and East, you know. We kind of do the entire region and the entire country because of our proximity. Uh, and even with that, that tells you how important the city is. But there are those who don't want the city to to come back. It's uh, for, for a working class folks, you know, and there are groups like mine which are a resident initiated project but we rebuilt 40 houses in our community uh, but even that was like pulling teeth to deal with sort of the bureaucracy which is pushed by an agenda of keeping an underclass in the moments. and there are a lot of people that make money from keeping that underclass so the idea of people becoming homeowners and building their wealth and families and all our project faced immediate pushback and still to this
1: day Wendell I appreciate you I thank you so much um for joining me with thank on the record so much, with April you Ryan me. yeah you're we're friends and anytime you need me let me know so um I will be coming to see your play so just 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 get me a ticket Absolutely. <laughs> Wendell Pierce, I so appreciate you. As always, you're magnificent. Can't wait to see these projects fall. This is going to be your fall while you're in London in Death of a Salesman. Wendell Pierce, thank you for joining me with On the Record with April Ryan. I appreciate you. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.